Thank you for listening to the weekly messages of New Providence Primitive Baptist Church. To subscribe to our podcast, hear other messages, or learn more about us, please visit nppbc.com. Turn with us to the 18th chapter of Matthew. Matthew, the 18th chapter. We're going to read the first 11 verses this morning and want to follow God, but do our very best to share with you what He shared with me. Uh, if you're here this morning and you know right now that you're not right with God, there's no reason to wait. Uh, if God's dealing with you already, you ought to come. Get right with God. The message from Christ was, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. His message is still to everyone that's thirsty. Let him come and drink of the water of life freely. There's an opportunity to you today. And it goes out to all those that are lost. The Bible says it's not his will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. I don't know your heart today, but I know this. If you've never been born again, you must be born again. There's no substitution for that. There's no works. There's no religion. There's no denomination. There's no parent. There's no sibling. There's no one that can save you but Christ. Matthew chapter number 18 At the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a little child unto him, and set him in the midst of them, and said, Verily I say unto you, except ye be converted, and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And who shall receive one such little child in my name, receiveth me. But whoso shall offend one of these little ones, which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck than that he were drowned in the depth of the sea. Woe unto the world because of offenses. For it must needs be that offenses come. But woe to the man by whom the offense cometh. Wherefore, if thy hand or thy foot offend thee, cut them off, cast them from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life, halt or maimed, rather than having two hands or two feet to be cast into everlasting fire. And if thine eye offend thee, pluck it out, cast it from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire. Take heed that you despise not one of these little ones. For I say unto you that in heaven their angels do always behold the face of my Father which is in heaven. For the Son of Man has come to save that which was lost. Pray with us. Father, open our heart this morning to your word and your word to our heart. I realize that there may be some among us to whom this is considered foolishness. But I earnestly pray that by the power of your spirit and the conviction that is able to open the conscience and heart of mine, that you would work among us to do what only you can do. That the spirit of God in your word, Father, would find its mark that in every heart that is here we might receive it and be changed by it. Challenge us, we pray. And may there be an effectual calling, God, in the invitation that brings that opportunity of birthing to one who's among us that needs to be saved. Thank you for what you're going to do. We're trusting you in it as we pray in Jesus' name. 
Amen. I'm going to try something this morning, and it may not work. So, uh, Flint, where's he at? All right, would you help me? Come, come up here. Would you be willing to help me this morning? What about you, Duke? No, no, he ain't doing it. Um, Scarlett, what about you? You want to help me? Uh, Greg, if you'd get us a chair or two. And you're, you're not going to have to say anything or do anything. I just want you to sit in the chair. Would that be all right? Flint's the only one brave enough to do it, or is he hidden? Sit it right over here in the middle. Uh oh. Is he is he too shy? Here, I'm gonna let you sit right in front of Brian so you're not even in the middle. Just sit right there. Thank you. Thank you. All right. All right, bring one over here. Let Scarlet sit in that one. Anybody, the little ones, anybody else want to come sit up front? Special chairs? Um, thank you, Flint. I appreciate you sitting there. And uh, I promise I won't call you out. All you got to do is sit right there. Jesus did something that uh, I, I, I want to try this morning just as a reference. If it's good enough for Jesus to do, it'll be good enough for us. When the disciples had an issue, and mind you, this was a spiritual issue that they had, uh, Jesus did something I think that was uh, striking to all of them because you'll find in the 19th chapter of Matthew where when the little children were brought unto him that they tried to push them away. And yet what Jesus said was, Suffer the little children to come unto me, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. He was doing his best to teach them something that was extremely important. Now, they had an issue, and um, with all my heart, I, I've wrestled with this one for a week now, and uh, there's two parts to this. One is actually about the little children, and yet that's not what I want to share this morning. I want to share the fact that what Jesus said to them was to become as a little child. And so uh, the brave ones are sitting here for you this morning just to see. And the reference is, is that they're not adults yet. They're but children. And there are things about children that we need to understand and about their own character and attitudes and the way that they are that Christ felt imperative to use for his own disciples to alert them to their own condition of heart. Um. We're in a bad way, and uh, it's a heart problem. All over this world, people have the same issue, and it's the heart. And most will not be saved because of that, because of the pride that exists in their flesh nature. And uh, Jesus was severe and what he was doing for the disciples here, but because their error was severe. And I hope it challenges us this morning. As we look just at the first four or five verses of Matthew chapter number 18. And at the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, 
who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Their concern was who will be at the top. Will it be me? Each one of them probably had their own specific claim. Some of them were kin to Jesus. Some of them were the first picked of Jesus. Some of them were the beloved of Jesus. Uh, No doubt they had earthly ambitions that was promoted by their own flesh and pride. And uh, if ever there's been a day where that describes man, it's today. Right now, (laughs) we live in a time where men are driven by the pride and the ambition of their own heart. What they want is based upon who, what they get from it and how it benefits them. It has nothing to do with their fellow man nor their love for them. And we find that Jesus' very disciples were guilty of the same thing. As they had all probably been talking in the back rooms, as they lingered behind Christ as he led them from town to town, here he was approaching his own passion. He was approaching the day to which he had been crucified and the very ones that he had called to serve him were arguing not about how to further the kingdom of Christ. They weren't arguing about how they could help Christ in his upcoming suffering and sacrifice for the world, but they were arguing about which one of them was the greatest. Which one of us is the greatest? How many times? God have mercy on us all. How many times are our hearts burdened with things like this that have no eternal relevance? (laughs) How many times are people upset over things that are done because they didn't get a pat on the back or we didn't get a title to go with it or we didn't get some notoriety or some fanfare that might flush our own egos and, and prides and lift us up. Let me tell you something. It ain't ever been about you or me. Oh, that Christ would come. You see what he did. Christ who was worthy of all the praise. Christ who was worthy of being the greatest in the kingdom came as humble as a child. Isaiah would say, as a sheep before its shearers are dumb, he opened not his mouth. He could have said anything. He could have done anything. And yet he, who is the king of glory, took upon himself the robe of an earthly man. And he came to this wicked world. And he bore in his own flesh, born of a woman, the seed of God, born of a woman. He became flesh that he might suffer in your place and mine. He who is worthy of all praise and honor and glory became as humble as a little child. And he died in my place. The disciples had the audacity to even ask him the question. Some of us, it lingers in your mind. Some are troubled with the thought because the enemy uses it. Some have that 
that, that thorn in the flesh because the enemy is always lying to you and saying, oh, they don't care for you. They don't appreciate you. They, they don't pat you on the back. They don't lift you up. They don't call your name. And all of these things are just feeding the flesh, you see. All of these things are what drives one's ego. All of these things are what fueled these men to ask a question. Friend, to the humble, the meek and the lowly Lamb of God, who is the greatest in your kingdom which one of us will be the greatest I don't know how many of us today wrestle with the affliction directly of pride and fleshly ambition but I can tell you this even if you're not wrestling today you may be tomorrow because regardless of how spiritual you are, regardless of how long you've been a, a, a follower of Christ, regardless of how many churches you've, you've seen or sit in or been a part of or are affiliated with, friend, your flesh will never be anything but prideful in its nature. And if you're not careful, you'll find yourself in the same place the disciples did, asking a foolish question about where will I be in your kingdom? Who's the greatest? Right on the edge of his crucifixion, they would ask a question. What about me? Oh, to hear the apostle Peter and how many times that... How many times that he was called out by the Lord for such statements as this. But even even in that day when he would repent before God, when the Lord would speak to Peter and say, do you love me? And Peter said, yes, I love you. And again, he would say, do you love me? And Peter said, yes, Lord, I love you. And the third time, do you love me, Peter? And he said, yes, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And he said, well, then feed my sheep. Amen. Feed my sheep. What I want you to do is quit worrying about you and worry about my sheep that's where our focus needs to be it's not on the one you see in the mirror but it's the one that are around us that need to know Christ died for them feed my sheep feed my sheep Peter even then had the audacity to say He said as he looked at John the Beloved, he said, but what about him? What's he going to do? And the Lord said, it don't make any difference what I do with him. He said, I'm telling you to feed my sheep. Listen, it ain't about your neighbor. And it ain't about somebody else. And I can tell you for sure, it ain't about being on top in this world. It ain't about you being number one here. It ain't about you being the greatest or the best among us. It is about the Lord Jesus Christ who is worthy and is the best and deserves all of our praise. How? That we should humble ourselves. That he may be exalted. That the Lamb of God would be praised ought to be the heart of each one of us. Who's the greatest in the kingdom, they said. I love how Jesus responded. The Bible said he looked into the crowd and he saw a little child. And he called him. Do you know that the little children come unto Christ? I love that about children. They just come to Christ. Everywhere he went, I believe there's children that just stepped away from their parents and started walking toward him. Say, how come? Because them little hearts... Amen. According to the scripture, their angels are ever before the Father beholding his face. You say, what's that mean? I believe that God loves little children. 
Amen. I believe that the kingdom of God is just like he said. It's made up of them. Amen. Every one of them that was aborted, torn from their mother's wombs, every one of them were before the presence of a holy God. You say, you sure of that? Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. I'm assured, friend, that they ain't one of them little children. I don't care, friend, who their parents were. I don't care whether they were black or white. What I'm telling you today is that the little children, friend, they have a place in the kingdom of God. Now, they'll come to a day of accountability one day, and it'll all change for them. They'll have a responsibility at that point to choose Christ and receive him as their Lord and Savior or die and go to hell. But, friend, if they leave this world before that, they're with Christ. And I don't care where they came from. I don't care if they're Palestinian or Jew. It don't make no difference. If they're a child, friend, God's got them. He's got them. Oh, I want to preach that part of it, but I'm going to wait. No, because what I want you to see today is that the problem in you and me. See, because what he was going to do, friend, was to open up their eyes to truth. And he did so by using a little child. (laughs) Now, let me tell you this. Well, I'm wanting to go that way. That when it comes to children, friend, our hearts ought to be tender and careful. Oh, we ought to be careful with these little eyes and these little ears. Know how easy it is to offend them. You might not do it on purpose, but by your actions, they're watching you, and that offense will come whether you meant it or didn't mean it. Friend, you can hurt one of these little ones. You can cause them, friend, to miss Christ altogether because you weren't intent, friend, on doing what God called you to do and to stick with it and to do right before God and to live in a way for him that exalted Christ. You have an opportunity today, amen, to witness to these little children. I'll get there maybe next time. But I want you to see what he was trying to tell the adults, the ones that had passed that point, the ones that were still stuck on themselves and worried about where their position was in the kingdom of Christ. Now, he took a little child and he called and, and the child came into him. I read a, cup, uh, a commentary from Matthew Henry and he said it was him. Now, I don't know if it's a little boy or a little girl. I don't really think it matters. But what I do know is that Christ used a child. And he took the child and he set him down in the middle of them. There they were. They were all talking about this and their question was already out in the open and Jesus dealt with it. He called the little child and set the child in the middle of it. Now, when it comes right down to it, the question really is, friend, not, not whether or not you're going to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, but Jesus, it, Jesus hit, the question, hit the, the answer to the question right out of the gate. He said, except you be converted, you ain't even going to heaven. And he said, by the way, he said, the attitude you've got about yourself indicates that you've not become as a little child, and I'm suspect you'll get there. Now, I don't know about you, but that's a wake-up call, ain't it? That's a, big, that's a big bucket of cold water right in your face. Amen. Right? Just proud as I am. Hey, I'm going to say, well, am I going to be at the top when I get to heaven? He said, I ain't sure you're going. There's everyone convinced they was all the most spiritual. They were following Jesus around. They had shared the loaves and fishes. They had carried the fragments. They had seen the power of God. And yet Jesus said, I don't even know if you're saved. With that attitude. He said, except you be converted. 
Now, let me be clear about becoming as a little child. If you're an adult today and you have passed the age of accountability, here's what I can be certain of. You are at a position today where you are not able within yourself to conclude right from wrong without the help of the Holy Spirit. When we have that knowledge and that, that, that day comes to us, that awareness, that, that, that place in our life when we begin to recognize the difference between right and wrong and my responsibility to it. Friend, you're going to have to face up to what Jesus was trying to get them to see. Listen, unless you be converted, you'll never have the heart of the little child. And what Jesus was saying was, is those that inherit the kingdom of heaven will become as little children. Now, we've, we've, got, we've got some sitting right here. Most of you can see some of them anyway. What we're trying to let you see today is that the little children is a state of mind. It is a state of heart that the Lord Jesus suggested that will come to those who have been converted. Now, you say, what does it mean to be converted? What Jesus was talking about was being born again. When Nicodemus came to him and he had similar questions, how am I going to get there? What do I need to do? And Jesus told Nicodemus, he said, you must be born again. Nicodemus was confused. He said, Lord, how am I supposed to enter into my mother's womb a second time and be born? Jesus said, no, no, marvel not that I said to you, you must be born again. He said, that which is born of the flesh, Nicodemus, that's He said, but that which is born of the Spirit. You say, that Spirit. I want you to know today that you must be born again. For you, friend, to even go to heaven, for you to even look forward to heaven, you have got to be saved today. That's the only way. People today are trying to figure out who's the greatest. What you need to figure out is are you going to get to go? And if you are going to get to go, then what Jesus was saying was you will become as a little child. To those that have been born again, the converting grace of Jesus Christ does a work in the heart of a man. I don't care how old you are, Greg. I don't care how tough you've been. I don't care how bad you've been. Listen, the converting grace of Jesus Christ does a work in us that makes us like little children. Who's the greatest? Jesus said, well, he said, except you be converted and become as little children. He said, I'm not sure you're even going. You're not not even going to get to the kingdom of heaven except you be converted and become as little children. And he put an example out there. He He had a child sitting right there in the middle of them. And he began to deal with their own hearts concerning the little child. Now, what do we know? What do we know about the attributes of little ones? And, and you know, I, I love the picture of this because when it comes to little ones, do you know, you know, as long as a child has its mother in sustenance, it's happy. Do you know that? You ain't, but the children are. Well, a, a little baby, as long as it's got its mama and, and, and sustenance, it's doing just fine. Do you know a a child in rags can play with a child in silk and they don't know the difference? They don't care. You know, they'll shake their hand, they'll pal everybody around with them. They don't even consider that one's poor and the other's rich. 
You know, they don't hold grudges. They might get mad at one another, but they let it go. Next thing you know, they're playing again. Why can't you be that way? Why can't we be that way? You see the difference between little children and adults? Now, the Bible gives us a few examples in the Word of God where we're not to be like little children. Number one, we don't need to be foolish. And it does say that children can be foolish. It also says that children can be fickle. They can be one way now and and then another way in a moment. They may be different. The Bible says not to be as little children that way. It also said, friend, that we're, we're not to be foolish, we're not to be fickle, and we're not to be playful. Some said the, the children gathered in the streets, and they said for them to pipe, you know, when, when it was a time for mourning. Listen, there are things that when it comes to a little child, the Bible says we shouldn't be as a little child. David said, I once was a child, and he said, I think as a spy. I speak as a child. He said, but now I'm not a child, and I don't need to do childish things. That's not what we're talking about. I'm talking about those attributes of little children that Jesus was using to touch their heart and to show them the error of their way. The problem, in its essence, was their heart. Jesus said, except you be converted and become as little children, you, you'll, you'll know why to enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he said, oh, if we could become as a little child. He said, that's what God is looking for, is those that will become as a little child, I want to share some things that the Bible says about children and how we should be like them. Now, I'm talking about the adults here tonight or today. I want to challenge our heart this evening because we need to recognize where we stand with God. Listen, it ain't, it ain't about a big eye or a little you. I'll tell you right now, I am tickled to death that I get to go. I'm so glad that he made a way for a wretch like me that I get to go to heaven. Uh, As far as whether or not I'll be the greatest, let me go ahead and settle that. I won't. I'll be just tickled to death to get there. And I'm praying that when he sees me, he can say something like, well done. I'm concerned about that one as well. But I want to hear that. I do. I want to live in a way that merits some kind of, uh, when I get there, he say, thank you for serving me something. And I wonder if I'll even get that. But here's what I know. When it comes right to it, friend, there ain't but one that'll be honored in heaven, and that's Jesus. There ain't but one that'll be worthy of all of our praise, and he sits at the right hand of the Father. There ain't but one, friend, to whom if we receive a crown, we'll cast it at his feet, and that's Jesus Christ. He's worthy, and we're not. Friend, we need to be having after being converted as little children as pertains to how we act. Number one, the Bible said in 1 Peter that that as little children, Peter said as newborn babes, he said we should desire the sincere milk of the word. Now, when it comes to being little children, I can tell you that that's really, especially an infant, that's their only desire. Right? They, they just need to be fed. And whenever they ain't being fed and they need to be fed, they'll let you know it. Right? They can't communicate, they can't talk, but they'll let you know it. And, and you don't, it don't take long to figure out when, when a child's hungry because really that's their only concern. And Peter said, as newborn babes, he said, we ought to desire the milk of the word. We ought to desire that very thing that brings life to you and I. Listen, as the children of God today, if you've been converted, if you've been born again, and you have become as a little child, there's a desire in you for the word of God. I'm glad, friend, that that's what you've known about the children of God, is you're going to find them where the word of God is. You're going to find them in that place where they're receiving instruction from God, where the voice of God is 
is being declared, where the power of God is being revealed. You and I, friend, we don't need to concern ourselves about being the greatest. What we need to concern ourselves with is as little children grabbing hold to the very elements that come from God's holy word. Too many people today have excused themselves from the house of God and his word while they're at it, right? Because it's in his house that we receive his word. Now, I realize we got it in the book. Thank God for that. Amen. If there's anybody willing to die for your Bible today, I understand your position. I love it, and I thank God for it. But there ought to be a desire in your heart to get in it, to read it, to study it, to know what it says. There ought to be something in you that makes you hunger for the Word of God in your life. As a little child hungers for that milk that grows them and fills their stomachs, that satisfies uh, their, their greatest need in their little bodies. Friend, what God wants you and I to do uh, when we become like little children, is have a hunger and a thirst for the word of God. We need the power and the word in our own heart today. We don't need to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. We need to know what his word says. We need to hunger for it and thirst for it more than anything else in this world. I'll tell you the reason people don't go to church. They don't want to. They ain't got no heart for God. Amen. You don't want to hear God's word. You don't go to his house because normally that's what happens. Amen. Somebody will get up and preach it to you. Somebody will get up and sing it to you. Somebody will stand up and testify. There'll be somebody that'll obey God and the word of God, the voice of God will speak. And for the people of God, we grab hold of that as if it's a life-giving source. It's the very milk that gives us the sustenance that we need to make it from day into day. Thanks be to God for his holy word. Amen. Amen. I don't know how many times he's rescued me. Pulled me up out of the miry pit. Helped me, friend. And it's been his word. It's been his word. Oh, he said his newborn babes, we ought to desire the very milk of his word. As little children, what's that mean? What does it mean for you and I? To become, this is what Jesus said. I didn't say this. Read your Bible. He said, except you be converted and become. As little children, you're not going in. You're not going to heaven. What's it mean to become as little children? Well, we're going to desire the milk for his word. But number two, you'll find in Matthew 6, 31, we must be careful for nothing, but in everything, trust our heavenly father to provide it. Now, let me be clear about your tomorrow. You don't control that. Right? right? You can be foolish today and say, I'm going to work tomorrow and I'm going to get a paycheck tomorrow and I'm going to go to the grocery store and my cabinets will be full. Now, you can say what you want to say, but I still believe that every good and perfect gift cometh from above, from the Father of lights in whom there's no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Let me tell you something. If you've got a tater, if you've got a piece of meat in your refrigerator, you've got a God that loved you and he is providing for you and he has made promises to you. And brother, we as the children of God, we need to quit worrying and being fearful about the things we don't control, like what we wear, what we eat, where we live. The Lord said all of these things. He said the Gentile worries over, but you don't need to worry about it because I'm your father and I've already promised all that to you. Be careful for nothing is what he said in Philippians, but in all things giving thanks. Amen. Listen, I don't believe you can ask this question because I believe you people are honest. 
Now, unless somebody lies to me, has anybody, has God ever failed you? No. Why no? God ain't never failed you. Amen. What the psalmist David was, he said, I was young, but now I'm old. And he said, I ain't never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. Amen. Let me tell you something. I'm in the hands of a holy God, and he's my father. And what he has promised to me, amen, he told me I didn't have to worry about what I'd eat. He said, you don't have to worry about where you're going to live or what you're going to wear. He said, I love you and I am going to provide for you. I'm your father. This world ain't your father. I'll tell you right now, if we become as little children, we'll quit trusting this world and the things of this world and start trusting our heavenly father who has made us promise above promise. And brother is the only one that won't fail you in this world when you get converted you'll become as a little child and you'll start believing that there's one that cares for you more than you care for yourself you'll begin believing that there's one out there that is able to sustain you when everything else says you're going down you'll be you'll begin to amen rest at night because even though there are situations and circumstances of this life that you can't control, bless his name, there are things, friend, that you can't stop. There are things, friend, that you can't make go. But I'll tell you right now, when you recognize you've got a heavenly father, you as a little child are able to lay your head down and know that your father's got it and that you're safe in his care. As far as I know, I don't think as far as I know, any of my children ever went to bed fearful that they wouldn't have shelter, fearful that there wouldn't be food the next day. You know what we did, Brother We They laid their head down knowing that when they got up, somebody would have them something to eat. They wasn't getting it. They wasn't making it. Huh? When you grew up, it wasn't you that was keeping you alive. Your mom and daddy made sure somehow or another that you got what you needed. You had a few clothes. You was in a place that kept shelter over your head. I ain't telling you that we're going to live in a Taj Mahal. Hey, man, be best if you didn't, by the way. What I am telling you is you've got a God, and he cares for you, and he has made certain promises to you, and we, if we become like little children, will quit worrying about the things of this world and start believing and trusting in our good Father. Except you be converted and become as little children. Now, he didn't want us to act like children, but he wants us to become like little children. And according to Jesus, he said, For of such is the kingdom of heaven. And the next several verses, all the way through verse number 11, I believe he specifically is referring to both. I believe he's referring to the actual little children, but I also believe he's referring to us who become as little children. Amen. And that happens in the church today. That happens in the world. The little children of Christ get offended. The little children of Christ get attacked. The believers in Jesus Christ, whether you're young or old, you are the little children of God. And what the apostle John said, he said, beloved, he said, oh, I'm glad when I think about this, friend, that what it means to you and what it means to me is eternal salvation. But he said, behold, what manner of love the Father Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the children, the sons of God today. Say, I'm a child of God today. I'm just a child. I'm just a child. 
And except we become as little children, we're going to miss the boat. Spiritually speaking, if you've been converted, a converting grace has entered into your life that will begin transforming you into something that is Christ-like. Which by definition, according to Christ here in verse number, chapter number 18, will kind of resemble a little child. A little child. Number one, you're going to have a new desire for the sincere milk of the word of God. Number two, you're going to recognize that you've got a heavenly father. And he's good. He's good. When you become his little children, according to the word of God, the Bible said that we also begin to let go of some things. Let me read to you. We must be harmless, inoffensive, and void of malice. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 20, if you want to look that one up. But what he said was, is when you become as a little child, there are some things that begin then to exit your life, Alfred. You begin to leave those thoughts of harming someone or doing evil to someone or or revenge against someone. But there is something that comes in your heart that suddenly says, I love them. I don't know how in the world I ever didn't love them. I don't want to hurt somebody. I want to help somebody. Listen, when we become as little children, we let alone those things that are harmless and offensive and are full of malice. No, when you become a child of God today, listen, you're going to find that the proof's in the pudding. A man will know the tree by the fruit that it bears. When you get born again, there is a converting grace that sets up sanctification and a work in your life that will change you and make you a new creature in Christ Jesus. Those things you once loved, you'll now hate. And the things you once hated, you'll now love. And the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 would say, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, which means you've been converted He said he becomes a new creature, a new creature. Now, this new creature in Christ, what's he like? Well, he's like a little child, (laughs) a little child that no longer holds grudges against his neighbor, that no longer is, is, is possessed with malice and envy and hatred and jealousy and all of those things that dwell in our flesh. When you are in Christ, you become a new creature, and he begins to make you as a little child. You become as a little child. You say, preacher, I don't know if I'm getting there. Well, have you been saved? Now, you can try this stuff on your own. <laughs> Right, I love all them ads. They say they, they fix and do something crazy and dangerous, and they say, don't try this at home. Well, listen, there's some of that stuff they're doing. I don't care where you try it, you're going to die. Right, you have to die if you do what they're doing. But let me tell you something you do need to try. You need to let the Holy Ghost of God start working in you and making you what you need to be. You say, does it really matter? You're preaching to the choir this morning. Listen, that's because the choir's heart ain't right. If we as the children of God are worried about who's the greatest in the church or in the kingdom, brother, we've got a heart problem and we need to repent and become as little children today. We need to let go of these things that are petty and don't matter. Huh? Amen. So-and-so hurt my feelings. Well, bless your heart. Maybe they should have run you up to Calvary and give you a shot at that. And the Lamb of God didn't open his mouth. We ain't careful, we end up a bunch of whining sissies instead of people of God, children born after the nature of their holy father, which was to love instead of hate. 
we'll let go of things that are harmless and offensive and full of malice. We'll turn loose of those things which are the beggarly elements of this world. And we'll allow that converting grace of God that is now our leading direction. Uh, everybody understands when you got saved, the Holy Ghost came in your heart, right? Amen. Listen to me. The Holy Ghost ain't confused and he don't change his mind. He's absolutely already settled in this. And I'll tell you right now, he has the heart of the little child. He is the perfect essence of that that heart that is right with God, that is innocent before God. And if he lives in you, you've got all that you need. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. But you've got to be saved to know that. Except you be converted and then become as a little child. You're going to have to be saved for this to work. But if you are saved, there is a converting grace that does a work of sanctification. Now, it may take your whole life to get you where you need to be. But there is something that is active in me. There is something that is not a passive spirit, but is an active spirit every day compelling me to walk not like myself, but like him. And to live like Christ You say, why is this important? Listen, you got people around you every day that need to know who Jesus Christ is. The Bible said that they were first called Christians at Antioch. Why? Because they were Christ-like. Except you become as little children. What Jesus said was, was quite damning to most. He said, you're not going in except you be converted and become as little children. He said, you'll not even inherit the kingdom of God, much less be anything there. No, the concern today, number one, is that you've been saved. But number two, that there is a saving work that began that day when we were converted and that working is the Holy Ghost of God that begins to change us on the inside. And brother, I love this truth. You, you find a good Christian that's been living for God. Friend, they're more like a child when they die than they were when they started. How come? Because that's the grace of God doing the work, making you less like Brian and more like Jesus. Amen. We'll turn loose of offense and malice and envy and hatred and strife when we allow the Holy Ghost of God to begin to move in us. The Bible said in Galatians chapter number 4, verse number 2, he teaches us that little children are governable. Governable. That's hard to say. They can be governed. It It also teaches us in that passage that we are teachable. Children are teachable. Right? The hardest people to teach are adults. Yeah. How come? Because they already know everything, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't need you to tell them I don't know all that. But little children have the attitude that they don't know. And they listen. And they ask questions, right? If you don't believe me, just ride one of these around with you for about an hour. I mean, you'll have more questions than you ever thought you could answer. How come? Because they want to know. They're teachable. (laughs) I love the hound out of that, don't you? Listen, as children of God, we need to be growing more governable, teachable every day. 
We need to become people that are under the command of someone else and we're not asking to be in command. No, the people of God are becoming as little children. We become teachable. We become people that can be governed and directed and led, instructed, reproved, corrected. That's what little children go through. And they don't wake up thinking, oh, woe is me. No, they go to bed every night without a care in the world. Having been taught, governed, commanded, led, corrected, reproved, scolded, you name it. They, they've gone and, and they go to bed every night and hug their mama who did it all. Bless you. Huh? Right, Crystal, you remember them days when you probably whipped them more than you thought they, and, and then you think, I'm a terrible mama, but you know what? They went to bed thankful. Somebody cared for them. Amen. If you're deluded in your thinking and, and have some kind of reasoning in your brain that, that thinks you don't need to correct children, friend, you don't believe the word. No. I'm grateful to God for every whooping she gave Roger. <laughs> and every one I got. Because I can guarantee you we deserved more. But you know what I know about it? She loved us. She loved us. <laughs> oh, this could be in a child. <laughs> oh, thank you, Lord. You know what it's like to get a whooping from God. I do. I do. Apostle Paul said it like this, that chastening, he said, for the present is not joyous. <laughs> That was the Apostle Paul's way of saying it ain't no fun to get a whipping from God. He said, but it always produces the peaceable fruits of righteousness. You know why God whips me? Because he loves me. And he can't, he can't stand the thought of not helping me when I'm wrong. And sometimes I need correcting when I'm wrong. Except you be converted and become as little children, and that means you're governable. He can work in your life, Hunter. He ain't fighting with you. He ain't wrestling with you. He ain't ain't struggling with you. No, you have opened your heart and said, I'm going to let you be God, and I'm going to be your child. And whatever you say, that's what I'm going to try to do. That's what little children are facing every day. Right? And what they find out is when they don't do it, (laughs) there's a consequence to pay. And we as the children of God have found out the same thing. God don't, he ain't never negotiated with me. He ain't never sat down and rationalized with me. Well, oh, I see your point, Rodney. You go ahead and do that. (laughs) No, not one day was he ever confused about what you needed to do. Except you be converted and become as little children, which means... We've got to be teachable. Listen, I don't care how long you live, Brian. You need to be taught every day, every week of your life. You need the Word of God to teach you. We need to be taught by God. We need to remain as little children which are teachable and commandable and governable. There was one last thing that I noted. 
Little children are low in stature and they're low in body. Right? Duke's going to be a big feller when he's big. Right? But right now he's just little. And he'll tell you that sometimes when you give him a big task. I'm just little. They know they can't do it without help sometimes. They are low in body and they are low in stature, right? They're little creatures. And he wants me to be low in stature and low in spirit that he might use me for things that are great because only the humble are used. And ultimately, that was the main thing Jesus was going to teach was except you be, read the passage, except you become humble as this little child, you're going to miss it. What he was trying to get them to see was your pride is going to hinder you, number one, from even being saved. Right? You say, were the disciples saved? Not yet. No, if you'll remember what Jesus told Peter, he said, when you're converted, strengthen the brethren. Right? What that means? mean he wasn't converted yet. Holy Ghost hadn't come yet. Let me close with this. Gavin, would you get a song for us? There is a part of my heart today, and I believe this is, this is probably going to resonate with everybody in here that's born again. There's a part of me today that hears what's being said this morning and says, yes, I feel that. Yes, that's what I want to be. We are also recognizing and cognizant of the fact that we miss it sometimes. That I I don't get it right. Somehow or another, I come short of being like the little child he's asked me to be. He just wants me to trust him. There's a hundred things, brother, I don't have an answer for. And that's just tomorrow. But he wants me to trust him. Some of them, Rodney, he won't tell me the answer. He's going to make me trust him. We got in the car the other day, 5.15 in the morning. We headed across the mountain. All the grandkids were following. And only the adults knew where we were going. Passed a lot of landmarks. Flint knew where we were, the direction we were going, but he had no idea where we were headed. We got into the town of Bryson City. We still didn't know. But you know, they were perfectly content. They're just riding along. 
And then we pulled in this big old parking lot, and there was a steam engine right there. And his eyes got about that big. He said, I don't know where we're at. I don't know how I'm getting there. But he's going to get me there one day. I know we're headed there, but I don't know how to get there. I just, like Rodney said, I just know the way. I just know him. And I'm riding along. I'm trusting him right now. But all these other things that I can't answer in my life, my father's got them, Judy. He knows everything. And as a little child, I'm just going to lay my head down tonight. (laughs) Say it's all right. Be able to sing that old song, it is well with my soul. (laughs) Why? Because that's what little children do. They ain't trusting in themselves to make it tomorrow, Melissa. No, they're trusting in somebody else. Somebody that's not failed them. Somebody that knows the way. You say, how do I get converted, preacher? Well, Romans 10, verse number 8 said, but that's the question it said, but what saith it? Well, saith what? Well, what does the Bible say? It says that the word of faith is nigh thee, even in thy heart and in thy mouth. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. You know what he said, Alfred? Thou shalt be saved. But you know a nine-year-old boy can get it. That's all I needed to know. By the way, I'm, I am tickled to death I got saved when I was a child. Okay? All you folks that waited till you was way out there, good for you. I'm glad I got it when I was a youngin'. I'll preach on that next time if he'll let me. It's good. I'm telling you right now, I believe little children want Jesus. It's only, it's only when they get past that childhood state that they go their own way. I believe every little child in that way. Well, I'm trying not to preach that one. That's good. Let me finish with this. We watched the movie The Blind the other day. It's good. The movie story about Phil Robertson and his conversion. And uh, I loved the part when he was out there in the middle of nowhere, the Louisiana swamp. And he was, he was a wild man. I mean, he was just unshaped. He was, he was a mess. And uh, preacher Bill Smith went to see him. Went right down there to where he was. Sat down beside him. And they started talking. Bill, he he was he was done. He went as far as he could go. And he said, "I I don't know what to do." Oh, Bill Smith looked at him. He said, well, he said, you got to die. You got to die. See that old man? That's your problem. That old nature, God wants to give you a new one today. But the old one has got to die. 
And I like what he said. Old Phil looked at him. He said, I'm ready. Yeah. I'm ready. And he got saved. And that's what he told his buddies when they come calling on him. I love this. They come calling on him, wanting him to go get drunk with them again and run around. And he said, "Uh uh-uh. He said, that guy's dead. You hunting for the old Phil. He's dead. So don't come back unless you want to know the new one. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. What I'm saying today is, you say, preacher, how do I know if I'm being saved? Because he's making you more like a child every day. Because of such is the kingdom of heaven. And we need to be as little children today in heart, in mind, and in spirit. We need to be as little children. We need to quit acting like them silly adults that hold grudges and are mad at one another and won't forgive one another and won't obey God and won't read His Word. No, we just need to be like a little child and start doing the things that children do. I don't know your heart today, but I sure pray that if you're here and don't know Christ, that you'd be saved. And if the Holy Ghost of God spoke to you this morning, would you just step out of that altar and bow before Him and say, I'm willing to die to myself right now, Lord, if you'll make me a new creature in you. And He'll do that for you. He's promised to do that for you if you'll call on Him today. As we stand and sing... You know your heart this morning. Trust Him. Just let Him be Lord. Die to yourself. Let that old adult nature be crucified on the cross of Christ. And be raised today in the newness of life. A child of the King. A child of the King. If you need Him, would you come?